What is up? I am Bon, and this is the EchoCast. Let's talk about video games. This week, we'll be talking about Escape from Tarkov's new patch. Ubisoft's got some news coming, and Fall Guys goes free-to-play, as well as much, much more. A few things before we get into the show. Subscribe to the show on your platform of choice, and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please rate the podcast Five stars. Do it right now. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, and hit the little bell icon to be notified of other videos I post. And I don't know, maybe go watch some of those. I have a nice voice. I'm doing my best. I'm living my best hobby creator life. Go support it. Last but not least, please join the show's Discord by clicking on the link in the description of the podcast or the video. Just click it. Pop in, say hello, say, hey, what's up, Bon? I'll be like, what up, dog? And then we'll never talk again. <laughs> so, okay, let's get into the gaming news. Just as a warning, this is the second time I recorded this podcast. Uh, I recorded it last night. I'm now doing it in the morning. I had turned off my audio channel on my OBS recording because, sure, why not? Might as well mess with some stuff, even though it's working. So, here we go. Round two. Escape from Tarkov patch 12.12.30 and wipe my thoughts on it really good. Um, this game is so weird. Escape from Tarkov's dev battle state um, is based in Russia. I believe they're based in St. Petersburg. Um, and due to that, you know, there's been some controversies. This is before even the war. Um, you know, the culture there is a little different uh, than a lot of Western countries. And, um, you know, the, the guy who runs their studio has said some weird stuff over time. And um, some of their business practices seem a little funky. Um, but uh, Escape from Tarkov is a really unique game. And this most recent patch doesn't have any content that's like super like you can't miss like this is the best thing they've ever done it's not necessarily but what this most recent patch has given the tarkov community is the most complete vision of the game than they've ever had and it runs well and it feels pretty good it's not perfect it's got lots of issues still but they are putting out a product now that seems like it may actually hit 1.0 right um because this patch is is 0.12.12.3. This is not a final version. This is uh, still very much a beta, um, even after what? It's been four or five years now. So um, it's, it's really good. Um, a good comparison I can make, uh, because I know a lot of people who still listen, are um, the Division fans. And the thing I'll say about Tarkov is that the same way that there's a lot of looter shooters and there's um, even ones like Destiny that you would like. I mean, I think Destiny is like the cream of the crop of, of, of uh, looter games, right? I still prefer The Division and it's because The Division isn't the only looter game, but it just it just does it a little different 
and in a way that I prefer. It's got the realistic aesthetic. It's got the more realistic, you know, story, the more grounded story and so on and so forth. So there's things about just intrinsic things about the division that even if it's not technically the best or the best supported looter, it's still the one I prefer. So then we wrap around over to Tarkov and Tarkov is very much the same. Um, there's a lot of looters there. There's not that many looter shooters. There's endless, endless survival games uh, or whatever you want to call Tarkov. You know, games in its genre, there's just an unlimited number from super early access games that will never even come close to releasing to other substantial and, and well-known games, right? So, but Tarkov, it, it just it just does it different. Um, it's not like Rust and things like that that are more open world and more freeform or Minecraft or, you know, it's, it's very different than those games, right? But... Again, to my taste, it provides that realistic aesthetic. It provides some of the just most satisfying like gameplay of any shooter I've ever played. Um, it w even while being kind of janky, it's really confusing. Um, there's just it's it's a unique game in its own genre, and and that's why I'm drawn to it, despite all of their controversies and issues, and. It's, it's why I suggest that if you have ever thought about playing Tarkov, this patch is probably a pretty good one to get in on and start learning it. It's going to take a while. Word to the wise, buy the cheapest version, play it for you know a few months. If you like it, upgrade to this fancy one. It does give you some advantages, um, but I don't know. It's a good game. They added, um, so what I was saying before about that there's not like any blockbuster features this time. There isn't a big new map. Um, there's an expansion to the last map that was added. And there's some story and lore coming with that. That's the other thing is buried in this pretty sweaty PVP shooter game. You can tell that like the dev, the, the lead really wants to make this like a story game, like a PVE kind of story based game. And, and, that, and supposedly that's going to kind of happen um, organically like before 1.0. They're going to release like missions where it won't even be part of the PVP um, raid system. We know now that it will be separate. They haven't talked about that in a long time. Maybe that's changed. But yeah, Tarkov. If, if you can handle, you know, some of the weirdness around it, if you can handle, um, you know, a kind of a janky game that's getting a lot better, but still takes two steps back. If you're a Division fan, this game won't hurt you at all because you've been going through this. Um, I think it's worth trying out. Um, I, I believe the base version is 30 bucks. So, um you, you won't get it for a week or two, maybe a few months. It's, it's a hard game to learn, but I find it a lot of fun. So, okay. The next story is Ubisoft is coming to Gamescom. Um, in a tweet uh, this week, they posted that, hey, we'll be there uh, or be square. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, this is interesting. So Ubisoft had no presence at E3 or the the week formerly known as E3 when Microsoft did their conference, Sony had one, 
Um, Nintendo did one here a couple weeks later, uh, and there was the the Summer Game Fest and stuff like that, right? Um, so Ubisoft didn't show up at all. I don't remember seeing a single thing from Ubisoft. So that was kind of weird because we know that there is stuff coming. There were a few leaks this week. Skull and Bones is probably coming in November. Mario Rabbids is probably coming in October. Um, the Avatar game is probably coming in December. Um, so they have stuff coming, um, but I guess they just didn't feel like doing one of their... Um, was it Ubisoft Forward? That's their uh, their update show, and so it looks like they're doing something at Gamescom. Um, by the way, it was announced. My guess is they may do some type of like E three ish type show where they like have an audience and have someone standing up and showing trailers and bringing out devs and doing all that. Um, I would say that's pretty likely. Uh, what they'll show there, um, I think the three games I mentioned, Avatar being made by Ubisoft Massive, same uh, developer as The Division. I'm highly excited about that game. I like Avatar. I think it's a cool uh, series um, or well, a cool, a cool movie that we're going to get like 10 movies from. Um, I, I like it. I think it's cool. Um, I think it could be very gamified. So that sounds uh, interesting. Um, Skull and Bones is a game I played back in 2018 at E3, and I thought it was going to be done back then, and now we're sitting here four years later. Um, I, I, that game's just going to get kind of pooped out. It may even be like decent, but I wouldn't expect much support of Skull and Bones. Um, Ubisoft had like a grant or a contract with the Singapore government um, to develop that game there to get a bunch of money from Singapore. Um, I suspect that they're going to do what they got to do, get it out, maybe support it for a while and then, you know, drop that turd <laughs> and just move on because it's just, they've, it's going to end up being like this, like multiplayer, like double a game that they've probably spent triple a money on. And at some point the, the metrics just don't match up. So that's my guess. And then Mario and Rabbids, um, obviously that's going to be a big thing um, for Ubisoft to partner up with Nintendo on that. Um, big yawn. Um, I never played the first one. Um, I remember it got like stellar reviews though. And I think this one, second one will probably do really well also. And, uh, and yeah, so um, Ubisoft at Gamescom, not surprising. Um, what I Ubisoft's in a weird spot because I feel like they still, even with these games, you know, they don't really have like anything. This is my opinion, of course. There's nothing that Ubisoft is making right now or that we think could be coming out in the next year or two. In my opinion, that's like if it drops, I'm like, oh shit, like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that. Like, for me, obviously, I'm biased. A division three would make me pop, um, but for reasons I don't expect that. For it. I think it will happen, but not for like four or five years. Like I, I think any potential division three is very far off. If you pay attention, Ubisoft Massive is hiring some pretty notable positions for the division two franchise right now. I think they're ramping up to get help to finish um, this year of content, and then I bet they dive into development of division three. But that's going to be years away 
and I bet they're going to do pre-production until Star Wars comes out and then move all the Star Wars devs who were mostly Division 2 devs back to Division and have them do, do the Division 3. It's going to be a while. Um, I don't think Siege is going anywhere. I don't expect Siege 2 anytime soon. I'm sure they're making, well, we know they're making another Ghost Recon game, but after the mess of Breakpoint and what I still think was a mess of Wildlands, I I think that's got like almost double A appeal to it at this point, but who knows? Um, Far Cry, I'm sure they're making another Far Cry. I don't care. Like those games have just become so monotonous and, and, and just so predictable at this point that I'm sure it'll be interesting and be a big map and you can blow stuff up. Cool. You know, do something that intrigues me. Um, I think Splinter Cell would make a lot of people pop if they show that. But I, you know, that sounds like it's pretty early in development. And so I'm not expecting it to show for a couple of years. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, who knows? You know, like Ubisoft is just in a weird spot. And so I'm really curious to what they show during this show because... Yeah, it's cool that your dance game has some like hyper passionate fans, and that's really cool. Um, I won't even really pop for Division Heartland. I, I'm so over Ubisoft and their like double A slash free to play games because they just don't put in like all the effort into them. Uh, there was a leak a while ago of a game that looked like it's like Fortnite. Like they're they're just like Ubisoft feels so much like it's just flailing and just trying and just anything it can touch. They're like, we'll try that. We'll try this. We'll try that thing. Oh, we're five years late. Who cares? Let's go for it. Like, I just, I don't know. I hope to be impressed. That would be super cool. Speaking of being impressed, Fall Guys has gone free to play. Um, so my relationship with Fall Guys is I watched Fall Guys streams when it came out like religiously i loved watching those streams i could have bought the game on pc i just didn't want to that type of game just feels like a game you own on a console right but i have an xbox i don't have a playstation so i couldn't play it um and so lo and behold finally a year later plus i swear sony there, there had to have been some like backroom deals to keep that game off of switch and xbox for a while because i don't know they missed out on a lot but with this free to play um, it seems like it has gotten a resurgence um, and I will report I really enjoy Fall Guys. It's so much fun. It's so simple. Um, you know, you can cycle in and out of competitions pretty quickly. If you get knocked out, you can pop right back in. Um, it's just got a fun. What's weird about it is it's such a chill game. It's such a relaxed game um, that also is just infuriating <laughs> so um it's it's a really interesting little uh what juxtaposition i think is the right word there um yeah fall guys is great uh so good um it, it is interesting i'm curious to what they do monetization wise with it being free to play um they are in a unique position as a free to play game that wasn't free to play for a year plus um, and during that year, they put out a ton of cosmetics, limited edition cosmetics, you know, brand deal cosmetics, a bunch of generic ones as well. And so with this free to play move, you know, they retire, you know, they don't have their cosmetics available forever. And so they are in such a unique position of being able to say, we have a year plus of cosmetics we can now sell. And you'll buy your little credits and you'll buy your little outfit and your little bean who i guess canonically is six foot tall which makes them not very cute and kind of terrifying just throwing it out there um 
but yeah so i'm really curious to see how fall guys does with its free to play going to new um, platforms being cross play um i i think it's great the one big thing that isn't out yet is they're gonna have a level editor which is going to allow people to make their own fall guys levels and i think i don't know how huge of a population that will really keep but I bet it keeps a insanely serious population, a very passionate uh, population that will make some wildly cool stuff and um, and probably in their own way, keep that game alive, um, which is cool. Good for them. Um, the developers owned by Epic now. So, you know, you can feel good or bad about that. That's up to you. But um, yeah, very interesting. So exciting. Um, EA, so EA had an interesting situation this week um, where they had a reveal that was a big win. They had a tweet that was real dumb. And then I found an article that isn't really official, but we're going to talk about it because I have to talk about Mass Effect and the Division at least once every podcast. Uh, it's it's in the, uh, the EchoCast Constitution, uh, and I will find a way. So uh, first, the tweet. So if you've paid attention to social media recently in any form for the last few weeks, they, there's been this big trend of saying they're a 10, like they're a 10 out of 10, good looking. They're a 10, but, and then some fatal flaw, right? So I know one I saw was they're a 10, but they start platform console wars. So you, you get my drift. So EA tweets out, they're a 10, but they only like playing single player games. And it's like, Come on, EA. Like, obviously, sure, we know that uh, multiplayer games like Madden, FIFA, Apex, um, are there that many more? Uh, multiplayer games are probably what they still make the bulk of their money from, right? Um, and this is tongue-in-cheek. This isn't meant to be taken too seriously. Um, and so, like, I don't care. Like, okay, yeah, sure. Oh, no, single-player people. But but the reason I think people were annoyed slash upset about this is that years ago, but not that long ago, EA during like an E3 conference, I think, was like, people don't like single player games, so we're going to make all multiplayer games. I'm paraphrasing. And I mean, I may not even be entirely accurate, but I believe it was Andrew Wilson, their famous jerk that makes wild amounts of money. Um, they... Like they, they've put out games like Star Wars Fallen Order and they've put out, you know, they're, they're developing um, uh, the new Dragon Age game and eventually the Mass Effect game. Um, and it's like they're making good single player games, or at least they're trying to. And it seems like they're doing it the right way. They're taking their time. They're letting the teams do what they need to do. Like um, those are good things. And so this tweet, like, well, I don't think it should be taken too seriously. It is what it is. They're just making a joke. They're trying to jump on the meme, even though they legit are like two. They were like two weeks late. Like, come on. Come on now. I think um, it's just because of the things that they've done and said in the past. It may be someone should have been like, hey, maybe we're stirring up the wrong, uh, the wrong thing here. Or maybe that was the point. I, that's probably likely <laughs> they, they, they knew what they were doing because our corporate overlords always know uh, everything and, and everything is going according to plan. Right. 
<laughs> on better news for them, they revealed um, Skate 4 this week, or uh, they had a trailer that, while it did show some, like, vertical slice stuff that is done, or is like what they want the whole game to look like. They also showed that, hey, we're still developing this game and we still have gray boxes and wireframes and janky graphics and janky animations. But what they did is they um, they gave a peek behind the curtain, right? Um, so Skate 4, there's a trailer out for it now that shows like what game development looks like, what games look like when they're in development. And um, it's really cool. Uh, it's been received very well. You see a lot of people really excited about it. That's why I think people also were kind of like face palming about that stupid tweet because they also put out this, this video for skate that was very self-aware, you know, wasn't trying to portray this like perfect game. That's like ready to come out tomorrow. And you know, then it still needs like a year and a half of development still like, it was really interesting and I suggest checking it out just as a game fan. Um, I'm not a big skate fan, but I still like anything that informs people on how these games are made and why it's a miracle that any game has ever been released ever. It's a miracle that even bad games get released. It's a miracle that Balan Wonderworld came out. Like that game is atrocious, but it still took a lot of people hundreds and thousands of hours to put together and have everything come together to put out a product that is playable it's bad but it, it's still like a miracle that it happens so i don't know i think it's cool EA, good job and then on a single player note uh there was an article this week by game rant talking about um how people should expect the next Mass Effect game to be more Andromeda than the trilogy. Um, now, I do think it was like conveniently um, clickbaity to a point, which is fine. It's what they have to do. Um, I think it was it was kind of insinuating like, oh, it's going to be like Andromeda 2 or it's going to be more like Andromeda, which famously was, had, you know, had some rough times, <laughs> as we know. Um, what I think it was getting at, and if you read the article, it's it's what they do eventually get to, is that the 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 style of game that the trilogy was, especially Mass Effect two and three, where you have like maybe a hub world or two that you can run around that's like kind of open world, but not really. It's fairly small. Um, so in, in this case, the Citadel and like Omega and Ilium. Um, having that and then having these like basically linear missions that you go to once and you never go to again um that is probably not the way the next game is going to be that that's probably an outdated um you know way to make games now and to play games and so you know andromeda for all of its faults did actually do a lot of really good things to try to bring the mass effect um franchise to the like modern gaming sensibilities and expectations. Um, while Andromeda, I it's like a six out of 10 for me. I actually kind of like it, but it just fails in so many places. And um, in the main ones being like, they, it's just not finished. Like almost nothing about that game feels done. Like almost everything about it feels like it's like in the late stages of beta, 
whether it's the animations or the story or you know there's just so much stuff like even the combat people love the combat of andromeda and i think it's it's cool the jump jets are neat but the gunplay is atrocious the cover system is terrible the ai is even worse like but what they were trying to do was cool and so i agree with this article i i do believe the next mass effect game is going to be more of a open world probably what i would actually like to see is like a is a hybrid i would like to see them you know have some open world some exploration some side quests some you know discoverable stuff but then maybe like the main line of the story sends us into more linear missions and so if they could like figure out a way because just because you know open world games have become you know almost too much in in more recent years right so i think if like the next mass effect had at least some open world ish areas but but then still like put us down more of a funnel for the actual story and stuff like that um, which would then make it easier for them to do like significant choices we can make and stuff like that I would be cool with that. I, I don't think just because open world games are popular means that they they have to go that direction. Because I you know it, it won't be the thing forever, and I do think it is starting to fall off a little bit. And um, you know, the next Mass Effect, you know, we have reason to believe it's going to be a sequel to the trilogy. Um, whether or not it involves Andromeda at all, we we have confirmation that. Um, it will be involved in some capacity, but we don't we don't know what that means. And so no matter what they do, um, I, I really think a some type of hybrid situation of the way the game plays would be perfect. And I think this um, this game rant article, um, you know, approached that topic pretty well, even though I think it was a little itty bit clickbaity. Uh kind of some a couple of quick stories here uh, gpus if you ever wanted a gpu it's a great time to go buy one um they're getting down to msrp they're in stock um you can even find some on discount um i think there's multiple factors i think crypto taking a big old nosedive um has a bunch of used uh gpus in the market um i think that's reduced demand for new um i also think uh that production on gpus has probably stayed the same or gotten better which means that if there's less demand they they probably have inventory now and so they can't you know best buy can't charge you 300 dollars for an early access program um and evga can't you know sell everything for 80 percent more than its msrp you know that i think they're starting to see like oh, okay you know that crazy time and in theory, there could be, you know, some type of recession or something like that coming up where they could be in a situation where no one wants any of this product that they ramped up production for over the last two years and probably are flush with cards at this point or, or will be soon. And they're about to have the 4D series come out for NVIDIA. And so I think all of those factors together means that there's cards that are in stock and they're the price they should be or even cheaper. So little yawn um if you were looking to upgrade your pc over the last couple of years um i have a 3060 ti i love it it does everything i need 
I would love to have a 3070 or 3080. Um, I don't even want a 3090. That thing's insane. Um, you know, I like mine. It does good. It does everything I need it to. And um, I, I'm, I'm satisfied. So, uh, so check it out if that's what you're in the market for. The final thing here, it's not even a video game. I'm going to talk about The Boys. The Boys is a TV show based off of a graphic novel. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. And it is probably, from top to bottom, maybe the best superhero property I've ever seen, right? I like the MCU. I like their, I like most of their TV shows. I like most of the movies. I think it's cool what they've done over the years. Um, but it's very much like the Disneyland version of everything. It's not very brutal. It's not very, uh, you know... It things always tend to work out, you know. Um, the boys is basically the antithesis of the MCU, and what's tough about the boys is it's on its third season, which is its best one, which is wild because seasons one and two were great too. But what's interesting about the, um, about the boys is that it's the antithesis of the MCU and Marvel and all that, where the MCU assumes that. For the most part, superheroes are going to be good. They're going to do good things and all of that, right? Well, the boys says, nah, man, these superheroes, one, uh, well, I won't, I'll try not to spoil stuff, but these superheroes are, are just people at the end of the day. And when people have lots of power, they tend to kind of suck, right? And so like one example I'll give, uh, I'll try to reduce the context to reduce spoilers, but there's a conversation that happens in the third season between one character um, who is talking to the antagonist of the series, um, who is a Superman like figure who's like supremely powerful. Um, he's from Earth. He, you know, he, but he's been a soup his whole life. And uh, this other character attempts to blackmail him and saying like, hey, I'll show everyone this video of this awful thing you did. And you will and you'll be ruined. So you need to stop whatever, you know, the, their conflict is about. And his response, uh, the character's name is Homelander, played by Anthony Starr. He looks at the other character and says, that's fine. You'll ruin me. You'll ruin this company that we work for, which is, you know, watch the show to understand. You'll ruin me. You'll ruin my image. Everyone will hate me. And that's fine. I'll destroy all of the infrastructure. I'll destroy the entire electrical grid for the world. Like I'll destroy all of the armies. I'll destroy all of the leaders, leadership centers, the white house, the Pentagon, you know, all over the world. I'll destroy everything and everyone will die. So you can blackmail me. You can do that and you can ruin me. And then I will ruin humanity. And it's just this thing where you're like, and it may be coming from me. It's not that impactful. But after all of the episodes and all of the things you've seen these people do and this Homelander guy do, you know, he's right. Like he can't he could kill. He could kill everyone if he wanted to. And but he's choosing not to. And it's he's a it, it's a tough situation. Uh, this game, the, this game, this show has had some controversy lately where Homelander is a very Trumpian um, you know, MAGA type of character. That's they're very obviously referring to that whole mindset. 
with him and the way he acts and the things he says. And so it's, it's obviously a parody of it. And uh, in more recent episodes, it's become really obvious if it wasn't before when it should have been. And so some people who are kind of on that side of the of the tracks were upset, like, oh, you, you, you make everything political. It's like, yeah, The Boys is a political graphic novel and now it's show like that's the whole point. Um, but it's it's just it's very interesting. Um, it's so good. That, but the Anthony Starr character, Homelander, is interesting because He's a bad guy. He's definitely the antagonist. He's a bad dude. He does some of the worst stuff. Um, it's awful. It's real bad. And, but the genius of they've written the character though, where Anthony Starr portrays the character perfectly. And he's like a nice guy. I'm sure in real life, he's great, right? And they, they just dash a little bit of sympathy in there for him. They, they give you just enough information about his history and, um, you know, that even though he's definitely the bad guy, he needs to go away. He's awful. They still, they don't let it be completely black and white. They still give you a little dash of like, Ooh, do I feel a little bit bad for him? Like, ah, oh, but he's the worst. He's like a Nazi. Like, come on. Like, ah, uh. and so it's smart. It, it, it's such, it's just a great show. So the boys on Amazon Prime, go check it out. I highly suggest it. Uh, as for listener questions, we have one uh, this week from Master Prime. Master Prime technically asked about the Rabbids thing too, or no, Fall Guys. So, but I already talked about that. Uh, so Master Prime on Twitter says, what game is underrated for you? So um, over the last couple of years, um, uh, in 2000, was it 2020? Um the game bakers made a game called Haven. Um, now I became familiar with this game because one of the people that works at the studio is married to Julian Garrity, who's the former lead on the division one and two. And, and so I just played it because he was like, Hey, my wife and his, and her team made a game. I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And it is so good. It caught me so good. It's a kind of just like action adventure kind of turn-based, uh, fighting style game. Um, with these two characters that are trying to escape this big, you know, awful, you know, whatever planet, civilization, whatever. Um, but what I love so much about it is that the relationship they portray between these two characters and between the gameplay bits is one of the most like organic, like realistic feeling um, relationships I've ever uh, seen in a video game. Um, and so it just hits me hard. It hits me deep. Um, it's been long enough now. I, I do want to play it again because I um, I didn't want to play it immediately because I didn't want to burn out on it. But Haven is a game I highly suggest playing if you haven't. It's a, it's like a double A game, right? It's an indie game, so it doesn't look like a triple A game and stuff like that. It even doesn't play like one. But man, it just it feels good. It's a good feeling game. Its it, story is really sweet. Um, I and a lot of others have been begging for a sequel or at least like some significant DLC. The game bakers don't seem like they do that. They they've made multiple games, but they only ever make one of each. Um, they made a game called Fury as well. And it seems like they're very resistive to the idea of making another Haven, which is a real bummer because it lead it, it lets off on like quite a large um, cliffhanger. So um now maybe they'll do a novel or something one day who knows but um haven is definitely a big one i'd say my other big underrated game is state of decay 
Um, the first one's pretty dated by now. It's still pretty good. Um, and actually probably does a few things better than the sequel. But State of Decay 2 is so good. It's so fun. There's so much to do. Um, you can burn out eventually. But like they're still adding new content. And this game's been out for like four years. And there's a State of Decay 3 coming. Uh, probably in the next couple years. But they are still adding stuff. They're still improving things in State of Decay 2 their connection to that community is the best connection i've ever seen to a community from a video game dev so um state of decay as well i'm really excited about three you should definitely at least try out two um and maybe even go back and try out one if that suits your fancy so um so master prime thank you for the question if you have any questions you can ask them in the youtube comments you can ask them on my discord uh, you can ask them on my twitter Go to any of those places and you can give me a topic or a question to answer for next week. Moving into some content updates. So I do have a new Mass Effect video talking about some of the hiring stuff I've seen. It looks like they've hired a few significant positions. They're, they've also posted um, new hiring uh, listings, which seem significant as well. Um, I also have made a few Tarkov videos, which I plan on making more, um, some gameplay, some previews, things like that. So please go over to YouTube and check those out. Um, I do plan on trying to, uh, I'm, I'm going to start a Patreon again. Um, the benefit of it for, in, for listeners and stuff will be, I'll do early episodes. I'll do early videos on there. Um, I can even do exclusive stuff. Um, I'll make that part of like a goal. Uh, if we get enough people in there, um, I, I can do some uh, Patreon only stuff. But what I'm asking for is if you are on Patreon already, if you're a patron of other creators, let me know what you like from them. Why do you stay um, as a patron? Um, I appreciate people who are willing to kind of pitch in, um, even if it's for no benefit, but I want there to be a benefit. I hate taking money for nothing. Um, the reason, the main reason I want to do the Patreon is to save up money. Um, it's to help save up money because I'll definitely pitch in my own as well, uh, for like a better camera setup. Um, I'm still using like an LG, uh, camera. That's why if you're watching the YouTube video of this podcast, I have, uh, the frame relatively small with a lot of stuff around it, because if I make it any bigger, it looks awful. <laughs> so, um, so that, that's why I'm doing it. Um, and then we'll upgrade other parts of the, the, the deal, um, as time goes on. But, um, yeah, if you have any ideas or things that you like from other Patreon, uh, campaigns or, um, groups, uh, let me know. I'm really curious to try to provide something, uh, of worth, uh, on a personal note, uh, I, if you paid attention to me last week, I did not record an episode. This is the first time I've skipped one in quite a while. It's been a long time. Um, we were on vacation the first half of last week, uh, and then we got home in a storm that happened like an hour after we got home, uh, knocked a tree down onto my car. Thankfully no major damage. Um, and then we rounded off the week with finding out that we were going to owe like many, many thousands of dollars to fix a sewage issue, uh, with our house. Um, luckily that is resolving itself. It, it, it won't be too bad. I don't think. Um, but last week was wild, so I'm sorry for not doing an episode, but we're back. Um, 
you know, we do have the 200th episode coming up here in a few weeks. I'm trying to get a few interviews. Um, I've got an interview with uh, another big Mass Effect fan. Um, you know, get, we're, get, we're working on it. Um, I am trying to get a the Division 2 dev on to talk about that and whatever else we want to talk about. Um, so I'm trying to get some stuff going. I would love to have a Mass Effect dev on here. Um, but I bet they're in a weird spot right now where, like, no one is probably willing to do shows because there's so much risk of even accidentally saying like the smallest thing. Right. So, but I'm working on stuff. I'm trying to do something to lead up to the 200th episode. And, um, and yeah, thanks. Um, I, I'm not going to go on a big rant here. Um, but I do at least need to acknowledge, I think the Supreme court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, this isn't a political channel. Um, I, I have no desire to try to sway you or change your mind. Um, I think this was a, a thing that set us back as a country a, a lot of years. Um, I, I have some pretty strong feelings. I'm not, you know, entirely black or white on this, entirely right or left on it. I have complicated feelings because I'm a human and um, I, I'm not really going to go into that right now. Um, and I don't think anyone really wants to hear that but i i think this stuff is hard um i at least want to acknowledge it but also kind of reiterate that there's lots and lots of places to talk about that stuff i do it in other places i don't do it here and um i i at least want to throw out some good vibes to the people who this is affecting um and and i hope that we figure some stuff out because um, I'm a for I'm a former child protective worker for um, the state I live in, and um, the, those those that situation's not going to get better with this with this change, at least not where I live. So I really hope that we have some um, some clarity of thought and decision making uh, over the next few years to try to get things in a better spot. But you know you can interpret that however you want. That's where I'm going to end this show. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite provider. And don't forget to rate the podcast if you're on Spotify or iTunes. If you're on YouTube, please thumbs up this video, subscribe to this channel, and leave a comment down below to help out the algorithm. Uh, you can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and over on Twitch, where I stream a couple times a week you can come over and chat uh, you can also check out my the echo cast and bond diesel merch at the Streamlabs uh, merch store that link is down in the description of the podcast or the video that is all i have so until next time I'm gonna go